Before we go any further, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, without you, we can do nothing. But your grace is sufficient. And your strength is perfected in our weakness. And Father God, I pray that you this morning would be glorified. That your strength would be manifested as your word goes forth. Your people would be encouraged, edified, challenged. That you would speak to hearts at that place of need. That we would respond appropriately, biblically, and in a manner that brings honor and glory to our God. Thank you for this opportunity and privilege once again to spend time in your blessed word. And may you be honored and glorified this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning as we look at our text, I want to begin with an apology. Because as your bulletin says, I am supposed to be covering James chapter 1, verses 20, 19 through 27. That was an ambitious task. Um, if any of you have read that text, that is a lot of meat to cover in one sitting. And so as not to stuff ourselves, but to have the opportunity to truly enjoy and savor the succulent word of God, because in my opinion, God's word is, is juicy. It's, it's, yeah, it leaves, that, it's, it leaves that flavor in your mouth that when you finish, you want to go back for more. And so I pray this morning that we would spend time savoring this, this morsel and truly chew on this portion of scripture and allow its purpose to be realized in our lives this morning. We're going to be looking at James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And I've entitled the message, How Do We Start? Start being doers of God's word. As we look at the text, this is the beginning of that entire passage, James 1, verses 19 through 27. And we're very familiar with the middle portion that talks about being, not just being hearers of the word, but doers. This first portion that we're going to look at this morning speaks first to the hearing. We tend to jump straight to the doing and say, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers. But before we can be effectual hearers. We need to be, sorry, effectual doers. We need to be effectual hearers. We need to know how to, and the term I'm using is actively listen, hear what God is saying to us before we can effectively and accurately do. I believe if you get the hearing wrong, you're going to get the doing wrong. And so we have to ensure that we get the hearing right. Do it right. Do it biblically 
so that we can know how to biblically do and effectually and effectively act according to God's word. We've got to remember again this morning that this James is speaking to Jewish believers. And as I looked at his introduction, this was considering the, the whole text, but he was talking to Jewish believers. At that time, now the New Testament was in the process of being written. Paul was doing his preaching and teaching. He was writing, he was writing scripture down. So they didn't have the New Testament in that written format. But they had the old. But their primary means of getting the word was through hearing. Paul would come around and he would preach. They would go to the synagogue and the Pharisees and scribes would read from the law. They would go to their various gatherings and a, a passing speaker may come and share God's word. And they would hear. And so that's why James starts off in James chapter 1 verse 19. He says, this know my beloved brethren. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. This morning I want to challenge us as James challenged the believers then. What are the steps that are necessary for us to be effectual hearers? And when he talks about hearing, he's not just talking about listening. The physical act of the words going into our ears. Because we, we, we can do that. We can sit there and listen and hear. But do we really listen? And listen as James describes listening. He says in James chapter 1 verse 19, This know my beloved brethren, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. His first step, the first step on the road to effectual hearing that leads to effectual doing is being quick to hear. Now, hearing today is a lost art. They're actually teaching us now how to be effective listeners because people don't listen, not effectively. What we tend to do is while the individual is speaking, we're normally forming our response. This is something I had to learn, especially with my wife, because you know we men, when our wives are talking, as we are listening, we're trying to figure out, oh, what's she trying to say? How am I going to answer this? Do I have a good defense for this? Because you know, I got to have a good comeback. And we're doing all of this while she's talking, which means that we're not really listening. And, and all the women answered that well, boy. They, they, they know that. They know that. But we have to learn to be effective listeners, actively listen, not busy preparing our defense or argument. But Paul says, James says, in order for us to be effectual doers, we have to be effectual listeners and hearers. And note, we are to be effectual hearers of God's word. That is what we're supposed to be listening to. Because we want to know what to do, we've got to listen to the truth. 
and God's word is truth. When I was preparing for this message, I looked at the, the 10 steps of good listening. And they talked about the necessity of eye contact, being attentive, keeping an open mind, to listen and try to picture what is being said. Don't interrupt. Wait for pauses to ask questions. Ask questions to ensure you understand what the person is saying. And try to feel what the speaker is feeling. Give feedback and pay attention to non-verbal cues. But I believe the hearing that James is talking about is hearing on steroids. When James says be quick to hear, he means we must be prompt and ready to not physically listen, but to understand and comprehend. If I use my wife's analogy again, it means that when my wife is sharing with me what happened today at home with the children, I am to pause and be quick, prompt, careful to ensure that I am paying attention to what she is saying, listening attentively and trying to comprehend and understand exactly the message that she is trying to convey to me. Now, believe it or not, that is not easy. <laughs> we laugh at that. And I'm not just talking about marriage. Listening is hard work, especially the listening that James is talking about, which is why I believe he's... Be quick to hear. Take the time to pause, to comprehend, and to understand what the individual is saying. This is not quickly listening, but taking the time, trying to understand what the speaker is saying. This requires work. And sad to say, active listening, I believe, is, is very rare in the church today. I believe we have gotten so used to being spoon-fed to the last detail that we haven't learned or equipped ourselves with the skills to actively listen. In the church, it means that we have to take the time when the speaker is sharing to listen attentively to the words that he is using, the points that he is raising, to make sure that I fully understand and comprehend what he's saying. And as I said, that takes work. It means also that as the speaker, I must ensure that as I present it, I present it in a way that is understandable. But I think a lot of times we put all the work on the speaker and take away our responsibility to be good listeners. And James is challenging us here to be good listeners, to listen. And this is not just speak, speaking to physically hearing. This is making sure that when you read, when you study, when you spend time in God's word, don't, don't just gloss over it and let it just come in and go out. Take the active, hard task 
time, energy to put into studying, understanding, comprehending, making sure that when I leave this service, I really understood what the speaker was saying. When I spend time in God's word and I leave it, I need to ensure, do I really understand what is being said? And don't be lazy. It's so easy. We have so much things out there that make it so easy. When I think of Bible study methods that Pastor Lee teaches at Telios, one of the things he always tells us as students, the last book you go to when preparing and studying God's word is the what? The commentary. That's the easy way out. I wonder what the other person has to say. Why don't I take the time to 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show myself approved. Spend time, put the energy, put the effort in, put the work in to ensure that I understand, that I am an effective listener, an effective hearer of God's word. Acts 17 verse 11 says, Now these were more noble, minded than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness. They physically listened and heard what Paul had to say. But they examined the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Don't just take it at face value. Ensure that you understand. You see, the sad thing is, everyone that comes in the pulpit isn't necessarily always communicating effective truth. And therefore, we as listeners need to be able to, with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, the tools of proper study, look at what the author is saying and, and compare and say, is That truly what the text means. That's just step one. Swift to hear. He then says, continuing verse 19, we are to be slow to speak. Now this one has a deep theological meaning and the Greek for it is very profound. It means to be slow to speak. That's all. Slow to open our mouths. We're quick to give a response. Back to the same analogy. We're quick to, to, when my wife is speaking to me, honey, you know, this is what happened today. Okay, 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 you, you ain't finished yet, but I got a solution. Let me, let me tell you what you need to do. Let me, let me, tell, you what, let me tell you what should have happened. Let me, let me explain to you what needs to be done. No, 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 no. Take the time to listen and hear the whole whole communication. Don't open your mouth too quickly. Take the time to hear all of the matter and understand it before you give an answer, if you have to give an answer. Because you don't always have to give an answer. Sometimes you just need to listen. But take the time to understand and don't be quick It'll prevent misunderstandings. 
is to prevent unnecessary arguments. And as one author said, you never have to take back something you didn't say. You never have to take back. Honey, I'm sorry I didn't say that. So let's be slow to speak. Take our time. When we are listening, be slow to speak. James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. That verse comes right back and supports James 1 and 19. Proverbs 10 and 19, and, and, and as we said before, we believe James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. And it lines up Proverbs 10 and 19, where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 13, 3, the one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. 18 and 13 says in Proverbs, he who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and a shame. Zip it and listen. Understand. Hear what is being said. Continuing, step number three. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, slow to wrath. This could be a mental or a physical response. It is an emotional response to something you perceive as wrong or injustice. And your perception can be right or wrong. You need to take the time, and it, it goes right, you need to take the time to understand before you jump to conclusions. Listen to what is being said. If you don't listen carefully and understand what is being said, you don't wait to, re- you don't wait to respond too quickly, you will get angry unnecessarily. You will not have taken the time to respond appropriately. Faulty listening and quick speech lead to quick and faulty judgments that in turn lead to anger and wrath. I believe the idea here is self Control. When you are in this discussion, when you are listening to what is being said, when you are speaking to a brother or sister in Christ about the word of God and you're talking about these things in a church setting, in a, in a Bible study setting, communicating with individuals on the job about the word of God and you want to have a discussion, you're going back and forth. Listen. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't assume that you know what the person is going to say and what the person means. Take the time to listen. Don't jump to conclusions quickly. Don't be quick to speak. Because when you're quick to speak, not listening and understanding, you're going to jump to conclusions and you're going to start to get angry. Because no one now fully comprehends what we're discussing. Take your time. Here's what, what is being said. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool loses his temper. But a wise man holds it back. It says, slow to anger. Not quick, not snappy in your judgment. It doesn't say, don't be angry. It says, slow to anger. It's, it demonstrates a person who has self control. Self control. Proverbs 14 29 says, he who is slow to anger has great understanding. You're a smart fella. You know. 
Take your time. Don't get mad too quick. But he who is quick temper exalts folly. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. But the slow to anger calms a dispute. It takes two to tango. Keep your control. Keep it calm. And Proverbs 19.11 says, A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. And it is glory to overlook a transgression. A man's discretion. An understanding individual. A person who recognizes that I need to take my time and listen and understand and be slow to speak. Recognizes. Listen. My anger is not going to get me anywhere. And he continues on. He says in verse 20, the reason for controlling that anger is, and he states it, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. You getting angry does not make you any more righteous, any more spiritual, any more holy. I'm sick and tired of this foolishness. These people are talking a bunch of crap. And you think people believe you are now Holy. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. It doesn't make you godly. In fact, Scripture tells us we're supposed to be putting it away. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. You're supposed to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. One of my favorite verses, 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26, it says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind, able to teach, patient when wronged, and with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. Why? If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Be patient. Share what you have to say. When that opportunity presents itself and you fully understand, don't get angry. Don't get quarrelsome. This is not a row. Get your point across and let God, the Holy Spirit, do his work. Guess what? You don't have to win the fight, you know. And let me tell you, I used to believe you had to win the fight. I was a, yeah, I was an arguer. I, 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 this was a problem, truly a problem that I had. Because when I get into a discussion, especially when you know you write, <laughs> you've got to make your point. The sad thing was, I may have won the war, but lost a person. I may have won the argument, but lost another opportunity to share Christ. I have been effective in the use of my sword skills, but I destroyed the person that I was communicating with. Was God glorified? Was his purposes realized? Was his will accomplished? Hey, but I won. 
swiftly here. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. And when you realize that the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God, then you move on to verse 21. Therefore, point four, step four, let's get rid of the bad. Let's deal with the negative. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. Put aside all filthiness, all that remains. Therefore, if you know that man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness in us, then we should put away all those sinful things. We are to put them aside, lay them off, lay them aside, be done with them, renounce them, rid ourselves of them like a garment of filthiness, a garment of moral impurity and a, like adultery or, or sensuality. It says we are to, but to, to take it off. That garment of, of moral impurity, that garment of wickedness, malice, the abundance of vicious intentions, the desire to hurt someone. It says, when we realize that this anger, this sinfulness does not produce the righteousness of God, then we are to make every effort to take it off. Like my jacket. Take it off. Lay it aside. This is our responsibility. This is the challenge that is placed upon us as believers. Lay it Aside, put it off. When I was preparing this message, this was one aspect that was extremely convicting. If I recognize that the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God, what am I allowing in my life to remain that I know does not bring about God's righteousness or holiness. And as I read the passage in Psalm 119, 23 came to mind. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me. As we move in this process to being effective hearers, we need to make sure that there is nothing in our lives that are preventing us, that are blocking us from being effective hearers. We need to make it a point to pause and say, Father, search me. Show me, open my eyes, help me to realize, is there anything in my life, any filthiness, any wickedness, any immoral attitude, perspective, anything that is preventing me from hearing, effectively hearing what you're saying to me. And then he says, after you get rid of the negative, then you are to, in humility, the positive flip side, in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. So yes, I am to 
put aside. But the same way I am to take off the evilness, I am to receive the word of God. The text says, I am to do it in humility. Another painful point. I am to accept God's dealings with me. I am to accept his word. I am to accept what he is saying to me as good do not dispute or resist. I cannot be an effective hearer if when God presents his truth, opens my eyes, speaks to me, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. I can't do that. Not that particular thing. I have to, with humility, and it says to receive the word, accept it, and the idea is to accept it with, with open arms. Love it. Whew, thank you, Father. Receive the implanted, the instructions of God, which are able to save your souls. Have you determined in your heart that you want this implanted word? That you are not resisting it? Are we prepared to accept what God says? Psalm, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. You see, this word that we receive that is able to save souls, it is not just able to save us from the penalty of sin, but this word is also able to save us from the power of sin. It's able to save our souls. We receive this word, we obey it, we do what it says, we don't resist it, and our souls are able to be saved. First, from the penalty and from the power. It says so in his word, 2 Timothy 3, 15-17. It says, and that from a child, Paul was talking about Timothy, from, a, from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. But it also says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If we want to be active hearers. You need to be quick to hear, to understand. Slow to speak. Keep your mouth quiet. Slow to anger. Keep yourself under control. Lay aside all filthiness and wickedness and receive 
the word of God, which we know is able to save our souls. And the question to us this morning is this. If we want to be effective hearers that will then lead to effective doers, is are we prepared to do this? To be quick to hear, so to speak, and so to wrath is, a, is an imperative in the Greek. It is a command. Receiving the word is a command. Yet this is a command to us as believers. This would be a tool that we should do. The question is, and I ask myself that question as I speak to you this morning. Am I doing what is necessary? What is asked of me? To be an effective hearer and then an effective doer of God's word. Am I doing? Am I being? Am I responding in obedience to God's word so that I can be an effective doer? That's the question each and every one of us have to answer. We want to be doers. We always talk about the doing and, and, and what I'm doing for God, what I'm doing for God. But in what we do, are we doing it according to what we know, to what we've heard? Because if we don't hear accurately, we're not going to do accurately. And we want to do it well. Because it is for his honor and for his glory that we do it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we have gone through your word this morning, I pray that we all will pause. We will stop and ask ourselves the question, am I an effective and active hearer, listener of the word of God? Am I prepared to be an effective doer of your word? Father, the text seems so, so simple. But it's not just the understanding. It's the practice of your word that's important. I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts. Challenge us. And as Psalm says, search us, O God. Know our hearts. Try us, Father God. And if there's any, any way in us, any wicked way, any evil way, any contrary way, anything that is, is contrary to your word, to your will, we would deal with it, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving it to us, speaking to us in such a personal way. Thank you for giving us the privilege of having an intimate, personal relationship with you. And Father God, we thank you for, our, for God the Holy Spirit, who is our ultimate teacher. And I pray this morning that he has taught us what your will is for us today. In Jesus' name. Amen.